0: Here on the big and also WrestlingWithWrestling.com, Andre Corbeil's page. I am virtue, being joined by the remarkable Robbie Vice once again. Who what's up?
1: Oh man, raw draft, WWE draft.
0: <laughs> that, that's all I gotta say. That's that's the segue into the show. Yeah, I'm gonna like study all these where everybody landed from the draft and my this weekend's column coming up. I'm gonna put the best five potential feuds that could come oh, out nice. of this. Um, I got to try to find some silver lining out of this crappy draft. But that's not what I really want to talk about today. Because what I want to start with is let's go back and do the timeline with Rusev and Lana. WrestleMania 31, they came out. He was undefeated. They came out in a tank. Of course, he jobbed John Cena. And that run was pretty much over. Uh, He should have beat John Cena clean. Eh, Maybe even Lana could have cheated a little bit. He could have become a monster heel. been built up for a year or two. Um, we, we, you know, we all know Vince McMahon, you know, failed him there. Mm. Then several years later, he got this little chant over merch over called Rusev Day. It was paired with Aiden English, got over again. They would not let it work. They would not let it get to that next level for whatever reason. And he is now gone from the company. Now we know before he left, they did the whole Lashley stuff, and uh, just <laughs> WWE loves to rib talent. And that's exactly what happened here. I don't know what Lashley ever did, but they were ribbing Lana and Rusev with that angle. Now that Rusev is Miro in AEW doing his podcast or his Twitch or whatever, taking shots at WWE, ever since, Lana has been repeatedly put through a table by the safest worker of all, Nia Jax, nonetheless, (laughs) four times. Now, and it may be done safe, right? Lana might not be getting hurt. But the fact is, when did Lana ever go through tables? So it's happened now four times. This is a repeating gag, which is clearly just a petty rib. But they're trying. This is my take on this. They're trying to justify why they've been doing this to make it to the doubters out there, calling them out for ribbing Lana. Oh, no, we were just getting sympathy on her because now she's going to challenge Asuka next week on Raw because she won a battle royal. Now she's going to okay. get squashed. <laughs> she's she's going to get she's lost every all the tag matches she's been in with. Natty, she's been one getting pinned. Is she now going she's to get the table again Monday? What's that? Is she going to go through that table again Monday? It, during the Oscar match? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Oscar's a strong style worker, and sure, I'm sure she'll protect her. But there's a chance Lana could get banged up in that match. I mean, oh yeah, you got to really know what you're doing to work Oscar, and I know Oscar might take care of her. But the, usually, if you work Oscar, you're one of the top workers, so you know what you're getting into. Lana's not a top worker. What do you think Th- this is clearly they want you to think it's all done for a reason because of the title shot. It's a petty rib to Miro and Lana.
1: You know, I, and I think it goes almost beyond a rib. It's almost I hate to use the word because it's a buzzword and it's it's gross to say because I'm an adult. I'm a 35 year old man. But it kind of sounds like bullying a little bit. I mean, it's kind of kind of like being a dick. Right. Um you know, her husband leaves the company, he he makes some promos. And I don't even know why they would be mad at him for that promo, because he, he literally cuts the same promo that every former WWE guy who has ever gone to another promotion has cut. It wasn't anything groundbreaking. He didn't have something like the podcast where where Moxley, which is burying creative, burying the company. It was pretty underwhelming. So I, I feel like I feel like the the response towards Lana, and, and I'm going to be flat out with you. I do not care about Lana. I don't care about her at all. I think her gimmick, since she dropped the accent, since she dropped the whole Russian thing, has been terrible. She's just another pretty blonde who can't work. She doesn't do well on the mic, really. I don't. I, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if she's lost her confidence, which is definitely possible. But I don't know. I don't care about her. But I, I'm starting. I, I am getting sympathy on her, but not not in storyline. I feel bad for her professionally because. I don't. She she can go to AEW as as Rusev's, Rusev's or Miro's manager again, uh, or keep making those shitty uh, energy drink commercials on uh, Instagram or whatever she was doing. But it's not going to be a WWE superstar for much longer.
0: Yeah, she's locked into a long term deal at WWE though, so they could really hold her hostage and say you have to do this stuff. And I don't know what it is. If you go home, do they still pay? I mean, if they send you home, I'm sure they got to pay you. Yeah. But I mean, I'm telling you what. This is how but if she's injured, like,
1: they get to extend that contract, and they keep sending her out there with Nye Jackson, Oscar. There might
0: be some underlying plan there. And and the thing, the thing is with this, is it's like the Vince McMahon, the Bruce Pritchards, They you know they hear people tell them the yes men. You know, tell them, hey, you hear what Miro said about us and bad mouth on the company. Ooh, we got his wife. Let. I have enough people that have worked in WWE with Vince McMahon that have seen this type of stuff going on. It happens. I mean, I don't know if it was X-Pac or Randy Orton shitting somebody's bag. So, you know.
1: X-Pac did it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, and Orton's been known for showing his wang or whatever, shaking hands after he diddles himself. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, and some of that stuff with the boys, his locker room hazing or whatever, right? That's been around for a long time. Sure. You know, to do it on camera and to make somebody go out there where they're right. I mean, Lana is a valet, right? And she can work a little bit. Now she's getting a title match. She's a manager that needs to just
1: only be taking manager bumps, though.
0: Yeah. And and one table spot, okay, whatever. But when you're doing it now repeatedly, come on. And the thing is that, you know, Lana, well, Nia Jackson, Lana, they could come out and say, well, no, we, we are encouraged to do this. We're working safe. We love going out there and getting the TV time. Or are they really doing it the safest they can? And but in reality, they're like, I can't believe we got to do this again behind management's back.
1: Yeah. You know? So uh, this could have been an angle that worked uh, a couple of years ago. After Rusev comes out on his tank, all of a sudden he flattens John Cena. John Cena disappears for all to record a movie. And Rusev's next opponent, trying to get into his head, starts you know attacking Lana, sending La- or him and his girlfriend whatever, whatever yep. happens. That could have been something to make Rusev go berserk and that could have been story things. But like what's the payoff here? So she gets beat up every week, and we're supposed to we're supposed to believe that she's gonna challenge Asuka for the for the title, and it's just it's not gonna happen. Everyone knows what's gonna happen. I can't even imagine the young kids out there think that she has any chance in hell of winning the title against Asuka. It's well, it's stupid. And I mean, and that I mean,
0: and that's I, what I, makes I, it boring. That's I, why I it like sucks. tune in to Raw every week just to see what happens a lot because of the <laughs> reality of the ribbing potential. Yeah, like. Sure. And that's sad that that's what it takes to get me to watch. And I don't know, maybe they're playing on the online marks and that's why they're doing all of this, but who knows? Nonetheless, speaking of it, like Indy and like Moxley, he first of all, he made most of his money as Dean Ambrose. Okay. Whatever, bar- <laughs> whatever bargaining chip he had with Tony Khan to go over to AEW's as Moxley, and the money he's making now was helped because he was Dean Ambrose in WWE. Yeah. So he beat Jericho. He became their second champion and he's their main eventer. I get when he goes over and does Japan. Why in the hell is he doing indie wrestling? Like I saw some pictures surface over the weekend where he's in his hoodie and black jeans and he's hanging out in an indie crowd where, you know, obviously they got to have people scattered. And then he has, he had a match at an indie show. Like I can see Orange Cassidy's showing up doing this like Moxley. I'm sorry. Like, it, you would Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, The Rock, John Cena, during their heyday as a top star, ever went to an indie show to do this? Well, don't you
1: remember a couple of years ago when JT Lightning had that main event of The Rock versus uh, Ric Flair? Oh no, that didn't happen because superstars it, don't work indie those indie events. For
0: the up and comer wrestlers or the wrestlers that have lost their jobs, that now those are the bookings they can get. But why you're still? Yeah, the he's big the champion. Piece. And and you're the champion. And like, it's
1: dangerous, saying, right? Like those places aren't as regulated. He's taken he's taken that COVID back to a place that called WWE uh, sloppy shop. So I don't I don't know if that's going to be chromatic justice or not. But um, I don't know, man. I, I again I I, I, I don't care about Moxley. Like
0: mainstream. He's, he's not even a good to be champion, their, though. Really, he's like, like tell to their top star. But still, though, he's supposed is to be their top star. star? No. But he's their champion. He's supposed to be. They haven't let Jericho get a shot at him. Moxley's beat everybody he's faced. So it just shows you how markish Tony Khan is for allowing that to happen. He just doesn't care if his company doesn't look like a top professional television wrestling company. It can still look indie because you know why? Those are the fans that they cater to. Those AEW fans, they want to make them happy. Oh, we'll send all of our talents. They're allowed to go do indie dates. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's crazy. I'm having trouble following this.
1: Take take away Dean Ambrose. Take away the character Dean Ambrose and WWE. In AEW, what makes Jon Moxley a star deserving to be their champion? What does he bring to the table that others don't? If he wasn't the WWE guy (laughs) who stuck it to Vince McMahon... Why
0: why is he important in AEW? Because he worked in blood matches and, and all in and the indies. Because you know why before WWE, this is why. The reason why he's big in AEW is because he was a big and, and this brings home my point. He was a big indie guy. Moxley was one of the indie's heart and soul guys. And guess what? AEW, it's all about the indie. It's all, I mean, other than Jericho. That I mean, come on. You have Orange Cassidy winning a series, a feud against Chris Jericho. Treasure. Like that, it's all about indie and and Jericho gets so defensive, and oh of course gosh. I get it. He's doing that because he's getting good money from Tony Khan, so he's saying everything Tony Khan wants him to say, because Jericho's collect- Jericho, in the public right now is coming across as one of the marks, but behind it he knows Tony Khan's the mark, so he's going to defend Tony Khan, piss off the people that knows he's doing it on purpose just so Tony Khan's happy and says here you go, Chris, here's more money. He had to. And that's that- what I take out of it. Yeah, but that match with Luther was
1: bad. I mean, I don't think that does anything but tarnish his legacy. That that was an embarrassment. Luther coming off the top rope. It, look, I don't watch AEW every week live. I watched it this past week, and that was that was one of the matches I saw live, and I turned it off. I just, it was it was just not good. And Luther does not move well. He could have been like again. He could have been part of a storyline, been a manager of some kind or some dark presence. But again, dude, as a worker, this guy is not – is not he doesn't have it anymore. And it yeah. was it was the saddest thing to watch.
0: And I don't know why Jericho – like I said, Jericho just must be just riding the wave. He's getting away. his friend a payday. He's riding the wave because he's a year and a half into his three-year contract, and it's, he's making big bucks for working way less than he used to in WWE because AEW does not do Does WWE. he resign? Do you think he stays? Yeah, well, I've, I've already said I'm calling him out because something doesn't seem right this year during the pandemic with him. It seems like he's, he want, he's so defensive on social media. I feel like maybe he's pissed, but he's trying to make it look like he's a team player. If yeah. he really wanted to make AEW better, he would sign like a five-year deal, and just lock in there and say, hey, this is where I'm going to end my career. But yeah, we saw not, that
1: with LeBron James for a long time, didn't he's we? He's not.
0: And if he doesn't do it, I really think after the three years is up, he'll go maybe do some Japan matches, do some Fozzie, and maybe he will try to talk to Vince again. He'll And he's smart. He'll keep his options open. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm questioning as this three-year deal ticks down, which we're over the halfway point, will he resign? That'll show you how much he was there to make AEW something or just to that collect
1: money Mark money, which is what What's I What's the I, fallout from that, though? What happens if they lose Chris Jericho?
0: Well, I don't, maybe, they, maybe they already feel like he might not last through the three years because that's why he's already in the mid-card. Because if they lose him, okay, so you don't have a guy to go against Luther or you don't have a guy to go against Orange Cassidy. But we're good. We already bumped you down from the main event. Maybe that's a sign. I don't know. We'll have awesome. to see during this last year and a half if he gets back in the main event picture. I mean, he's supposedly tagging with Hager now. Dude, come on. Hooray. But anyway, the draft. So I am going to be writing an article this weekend on NoDQ.com, and I'm going to pick the five best potential feuds, you know, between Raw and SmackDown, maybe a couple honorable mentions that have come from this draft. This presentation is awful. Like, first of all, they have to have two pools. How do they determine the pools? Because they have to have a showing on SmackDown like they did and a showing on Raw. And then it's like, You have some people that aren't even drafted that are clearly better performers than some of the people that are drafted. And then Charlotte, I don't know if Charlotte was like fourth. Like, that's not how drafts are. You're supposed to have the most important from top to bottom. Like, what's your take on it? I just think it was a disorganized mess to try to pop a rating. It's it's always a disorganized mess. Like the face of it. These drafts are awful. Just Uh, go ahead and swap whatever players and talent you want and just call it a day and tell us we titles. Through- you can just hand over titles now. It's fine. That's what they did. Yeah. Tag titles. Yeah. So what's your take on it? I, I think it's just... That's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> is there any good takeaways so, from this? Like anybody well, that moved, like, ah, light bulb. The most positive thing that
1: I can take away from the draft is it had been at least eight months since I've had to listen to Stephanie McMahon snarl and, and start growling on the microphone. And while that was terrible, it did make me reflect that it's been about a year since I've had to listen to that. And that, to me, was my best takeaway from the draft. I, I don't know. And, and, you know, kudos to you for writing that article, because I think you're going to have a hard time because no one it's, like but it's, everyone who switched
0: switched with their feud, their feud and their storylines. I I come up with five. I mean, I could I could easily say, I mean, yeah, I don't have to pick. It doesn't have to like if I say Reigns and Bryan, I think Reigns and Bryan were already on SmackDown. Sure. But the fact that they're on the same brand, I'm going to make it easier for oh, myself. Oh, no, no. Therefore, but I'm saying, like, Reigns I think and Kevin e, like There's two right there. Asuka, yeah. maybe Alexa Bliss. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to pick yet. But no, I
1: think there's going to be I some there, man. I'm just saying I, it bothers me that they didn't resolve storylines before the draft. So now we have draft that brings the storyline along. And, I, and and I know it's not real. It's like watching Game of Thrones or something. But, you know, there's Was a big difference between season one Owens? and season eight of Game of Thrones.
0: Wasn't The Fiend messing with Owens somehow? Owens was on SmackDown, and I thought that was going to yeah. be an and then... Yeah. Yeah, that, but that, nothing ever came of that. Okay. I don't think. Maybe that's the dirt sheet saying that was the new direction for The Fiend, and then WWE decided to have him on different shows and say, you're wrong, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't. I still don't know how I feel about the Alexa Bliss thing. I, I like Alexa Bliss as a performer. I like Bray Wyatt as a performer. Together, I think they have chemistry... I don't like how they did the tandem sister Abigail
0: thing. Like, stuff like that I don't like. they got to have the right people to feud with. Like, Andrade and Selena Vega, hopefully that was just a one-time thing right there. They need to have top people to work. Like, you can't have interesting feuds unless you have top people to work with. Very seldomly would you think, like, a Reigns and a Jey Uso would work, but that did. But usually you need top people to work with. So, yeah, like, that they would need a top tandem to work with and that's is that going to happen speaking of which so it's one thing that you can you know pick tag teams right so raw gets three for every you know smackdown gets two for every raw three because three hours versus two hours so when you get a tag team that makes it even more talent (laughs) raw gets retribution gets all five members of retribution and retribution right you're supposed to be like the anti-establishment why would like they shouldn't have even been in the draft they shouldn't even still be contracted. And we've talked about retribution. I don't want to waste much time on it, but they were drafted by Raw. What? I can sum up retribution and
1: and I don't like to, I don't like to swear online just because of the videos, demonetization, and things. But when I look at retribution and I look at what happened, I, I literally this is me talking to WWE. Dude, what the fuck? What the fuck? I don't know what this is. It was like people who were rioting against the system, who joined the system, signed contracts with the system, but now is drafted by that system. It it, it doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden, it, it's not T Bone or T Bar whatever the hell his name. T Bone I think it was Seinfeld, T Bar and all of them. And, and now and now it's uh, uh, Ali. I, they're just. I feel like the Retribution storyline is like the Margaritaville uh, episode of South Park where they're trying to decide about re- refunds and loans. So they had a board with a bunch of things on it. They cut off a chicken's head and then wherever it died, that's what they picked. And I don't know who is in charge of creative on this, but this Retribution thing is like – is it? it's like anonymous GM mixed with the horn the Hornswoggle being McMahon's son – the, the evil higher power being, like this is all the worst storylines that they just hodgepodge and pushed into one thing with terrible music, terrible they, makeup.
0: And, and, and they say, you know, we're here to right the wrongs. They were all developmental talent. And so Dude, what they were the wrongs? wrongs. They threw the wrongs that the the fucking building. Yeah, the, well, the wrongs that you were hired and you had a chance to go through NXT to become a star. And like, it's basically
1: the same that they suck. They're like, oh, we weren't good enough to get noticed, so now we're mad. And we're going to throw a malt of cocktails he at the building. So.
0: Ali is the puppet master and the hacker and intertwine all that together and yeah, try to it, make him like a modern-day CM Punk. Oh, but but he was supposed to have a... They could have, job. though. That's the thing is they
1: could have, but they, they, they screwed up by making Retribution stupid. Yeah. Like, you can't have that uncool. Like, do you remember when they brought over... Um, what the hell are their names even? Who who was the Legion of Doom 2.0? That I want to say Authors of Pain. It's not them. The um, Ascension. Yes. Remember, remember when they came up from NXT and all of a sudden they dressed them up like this weird LOD? They, like, used that same style for Retribution. And it had the same effect because when all of us saw Connor and them come out as the new Ascension, again, we had the same reaction. We said, dude, what, what the hell is this? This is stupid. And they're doing it again yeah. and larger. But one of them, I guess, got to leave right? One of the girls got to yeah. not be in retribution. So, man, I said we give her
0: a round of applause. Good for her. Great career Go decision. back to NXT and live yeah. life down there in the
1: bubble. Better life. Absolutely.
0: So, that's all I got for this week. Anything you want to throw in there? Nope. Another great show. <laughs> so, hey, here, and this will be short. This will be a short close. Do your plug. No. Don't follow me. Well, don't people, follow other people. You can follow him over on Twitter at NoDQVice. He might not like it, but you can. You can follow and troll with me at NoDQ underscore Virtue. Facebook is NoDQ.com slash Virtue. And, of course, check out over on NoDQ.com, the column section, because I will have more Virtue's Rage articles. And there might be a great NoDQ debate coming soon, so stay tuned for that. But that's all i got right now for Virtue and Vice this week, right here on TheBigVitoBrand.com and WrestlingWithWrestling.com. For Robbie Vice, I am Virtue. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next time.